Show me the science with Professor Luke O'Neill. Hello, I'm Luke O'Neill and welcome to this week's Show Me the Science podcast. Now, I came across this actually about two months ago and I kind of filed it under go back to that because it's really, really interesting. And then I kind of forgot about it because I do get distracted from time to time and my own lab is working the whole time in immunology. So, uh, and then I came across it last night again. I said, wow, I should have covered this and I kind of forgot about it. This is uh, sort of, if this all happens, will change life for humans all over the earth if this all becomes real. Now, what I mean by real is develop further and made into something that could be really useful for people. And guess what it is? Reproduction without pregnancy. Now, there's a strange title for you. And what this is, is the area of can you get a fetus, an embryo, uh, to grow outside the womb, right? Now, you might think, why would scientists bother do that? And, of course, it is the stuff of science fiction. Uh, Brave New World feature these incubators where humans were effectively grown outside wombs. Uh, And you do see other science fiction movies using this kind of thing as well. Uh, But it's an important topic because if you could do this, it would allow perhaps couples who couldn't otherwise have children to have children, if that could be done. That would be very useful. It's also a great way to do research on the development of fetuses uh, using animal experiments. And of course, we do have to do animal experiments occasionally, especially in some of this, to understand why, say, a miscarriage might happen or to understand the whole developmental process and that can go wrong sometimes. So growing uh, cells outside the womb, if you will, into embryos, then into fetuses, is a very important research area anyway to help us understand the whole reproductive process. But where this is heading, and, and the kind of bottom line from this uh, is maybe women won't have to carry the baby anymore. And maybe they'd prefer that, you see. The biggest inequality, if that's the word for it, between men and women is this, by the way. The man donates sperm effectively and then the woman has to spend the next nine months carrying that developing fetus and it's a hugely unequal unequal thing in many ways now of course it is natural it's fantastic and, and we all love you know the whole process and all the rest of it but what if you didn't have to do it maybe women would opt for that they'd rather have like a man they just have to give an egg up and then the egg and the sperm are mixed and then effectively in a test tube. And of course, this was the IVF idea, test tube babies and so on. Uh, so what if instead of just doing the test tube baby and then putting the fertilized egg back in the woman, just let it grow in the test tube and give it the right nutrients and right conditions and the baby could grow there and develop, to be a better word for than grow. And now the baby's born, you know. So again, can you imagine if this comes true? Now, the latest research has making a huge step forward in this direction. And I'm going to explain it to you in a second. Uh, The other thing to mention is there could be a fertility crisis coming for life on Earth, for humans on Earth, because the sperm count is falling in men. And and it's down at least 50% over the past 50 years. Nobody knows why. Uh, It's mainly in Western countries, in the US and in Europe, there's a plummet in sperm count. Now, maybe if that continues, the natural way of fertilizing an egg mightn't be as effective. And we'll have to go to some kind of IVF scenario. And then the fertilized egg could be uh, implanted into the woman's uh, womb. But what if, again, you could just grow it from that fertilized egg? So you never know, this might be needed to save our species and make sure that we keep procreating in this way. So that's another aspect to this, with this decreasing fertility that's going on. Now, what's the breakthrough? Well, now again, this is being done on animals, because obviously for ethical reasons, understandably, we can't do these experiments with humans. Uh, But the Israeli scientists were trying to do this with mice, 
Now, mice are mammals, just like us. They've got a very simple, uh, similar process. The sperm fertilizes the egg, and the egg starts to divide, and divides and divides, and then forms the, the embryonic mouse, and then the mouse is eventually born. Lots of overlap, because we're all mammals. And through evolution, of course, we're all descended from the one mammal that did this. So there's a lot, a lot of commonality here. And they've managed to get to uh, halfway through the process of development in a mouse in a test tube. Okay. Now, what does that mean? They got these glass vials. Effectively, they were, they were test tubes, I suppose. They put fertilized, a fertilized egg in them and they grew the embryos in that tube for 11 days. Now, it takes about 22 days. Mice have a very short gestation time, as we call this, by the way. Humans is nine months, obviously. But mice is about 22 days. They got halfway through that to term, what's called term. That means when the baby's born. In this case, when the mouse is born. Half to ter- halfway to term. That's a massive step forward because obviously at 11 days, the heart is formed. It's beating normally. Many of the organs are fully formed. So it's a huge breakthrough. And the way it's going, they may get up to term with these mice. Right? Now, again, it wouldn't be a huge leap to go from that to humans because, again, they're obviously adding the right nutrients. Because remember, in, in the womb, the mother is providing all the nutrients for the baby to grow and they write a gas combination. It's a biochemical uh, thing in many ways in that the baby's, the, the developing embryo is fed all these things from the mother. So you could provide those nutrients in, in a test tube, basically. And these mice, they almost look like fully formed mice, by the way. So it's really, really impressive to see this happening. And it is all about the... Uh, the combination of nutrients and the conditions and all the rest of it that are in place to allow this to happen. Now, now to get to that level is really impressive. Uh, it will create all kinds of ethical challenges. We can't even imagine some of them. And that'll be for the ethicists. So we should take into account the ethical issues. And, and you can imagine if this continues now and they get closer and closer to term in the test tube, as it were, it could be available for humans. And what would that mean for society? All kinds of complicated questions come up. Now, there is a bit of a history of it. And I'll go back over it slightly now because I've been following this history slightly. In 1992, Japanese scientists using goat embryos got down the track a fair way with the goat embryo, nowhere near as far as halfway through term. Uh, the term. And then in 2017, there was a bit of a breakthrough in the US where they were using lamb fetuses. Now lamb, again, sheep, they're, they're a bigger mammal than mice and they're used as a, what we call a model organism to study development and developmental abnormalities. And also... Um, causes of miscarriage are studied in, in, in sheep uh, and the lamb fetus again uh, that got well down the track and that they've claimed they got halfway to term as well uh, and they had a special bag that the lamb fetus was in and this was called the lamb in a bag experiment sounds a bit unfortunate term but that's what it was called and in that special plastic bag they could add in all these nutrients and and again the lamb could develop and then get well down the track, not all the way down the track. I mean, it could be, by the way, that when you get to half, half to term, as it were, uh, other things that we don't fully understand yet. Who knows, the structure of the, uh, the womb might be important there because it's growing and filling the womb in various ways. There could be issues like that that might make it a bit difficult. But it wouldn't be that difficult to create an artificial womb, basically, with the right structures and so on to allow the thing to develop. Uh, so the issue then is it's getting really, really close. This is the, uh, basically, this is called gestation outside the body is this area. And, and again, as I say, the, the research part of this is very important to study developmental defects and see if they can be corrected in various ways. It could well be we'll discover uh, the basis for certain developmental defects in humans using this approach and then correct those defects 
by genetic engineering, for instance. So it's a very active area of research to study this. But as I say, it does raise these ethical concerns. Now, one, one big thing that we would consider here, if, as is, as is the case at the moment, Apple, Google, etc., they are paying uh, for women to have their eggs frozen. And then they stay in the workplace and they can develop their careers, which is fantastic, obviously enough. And those eggs are taken, say, from a younger woman's uh, body. And then later on, she can then have the egg fertilised with IVF. And, and then the chance of, of that egg being fertilised is higher because as you get older, as, as we all know, fertility begins to wane. And women in their 30s and 40s, eventually, of course, they go to the menopause and, and it's not possible to have, have, um, have a baby anymore. But taking in a younger egg uh, was, was the idea here. And it's been shown the egg maintains its age, as it were. It's kind of stored away. And then you get fertilisation of the egg then. And then you can have um, IVF as the process, of course, and then implantation. So that's something those employers provide. Are we going to get to a stage where those companies also provide this to their employees? That not so much that you just freeze the egg, but you allow the woman in the workplace then to have a baby, but the baby's actually um, developing in uh, outside the womb and then the baby is born. And again, back to my earlier point, full equality between men and women then. And the women don't have to worry so much about the nine months and taking time off work and all those challenges that come with, with pregnancy. And then we have uh, full equity. Now, of course, will some women want this and will they not and all that kind of thing? It's, it gets a bit tricky, those sorts of questions. But the fact is, science of course, is, is trying to be, provide benefits here, mainly through understanding the developmental process. That's mission one. And that's the main reason this research is done, remember, to, to enhance fertility in women anyway. Uh, but then secondly, it may provide another option to allow women to have their babies outside the womb. And that, I think, will come. I mean, the way this research is moving so fast, this latest progress suggests it's it's getting more and more feasible. Uh, there are a few fences to jump, of course, but it could well be part of our future. Just like in Brave New World, where babies are grown outside wombs. And therefore, men and women just contribute an egg or a sperm and allow the whole thing to happen. And who knows whether this will be a good or a bad thing. But as ever with science, watch this space. And we must be aware of the ethical questions as this moves forward. So there you have it. Reproduction without pregnancy. It may be part of our futures. So thanks very much for listening. Um, my podcast is a new stock production. And it's available for download every Thursday from wherever you get your podcasts. And cheerio.